Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, May 16th, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. I am Justin Klein, and I thank you for joining me today for this hour about you. And it's about you because that's our goal each and every day is to educate you in some way, shape, or form about an area of your investment knowledge that maybe you're lacking. And frankly, I'm always lacking as well, and I'm always trying to learn. So you need to do that uh, as well. And we encourage you to call with your specific questions that will allow you to shape the show to your liking and to your advantage. Now remember, our goal each and every weekday is to help you incrementally move towards your own version of financial freedom and we do that with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success so today in this hour that is my goal one step at a time moving you along the path to sustainable financial freedom now our listener line is open now and i'm taking your calls live at 888 chart that's 888-992-4278 now on today's invest talk my main talking point involves market direction and really economic direction JP Morgan came out with a report and their analysts are saying that there's four reasons why the bears are wrong about a second half slump. We were talking about the economy slowing and obviously now you have a trade war and many are believing that we will continue to slow for uh, for all those reasons. Uh, but JP Morgan has other ideas and they're going we're going to talk about that. So as usual, Although I might be a little more down on the direction of the economy, you always have to look at the positives, right? The positives and the negatives of any investment, of any idea. And so we're going to flesh that out. Even uh, even though we're in the midst of a trade war, there are other factors that need to be considered as well. So we're going to look at that. Also, how to spot a good IPO, a cheap IPO, a bargain IPO. We're, we're in an era where there are tons of companies coming to market with large valuations, and you obviously have seen the flop of Lyft and Uber, and now you see Pinterest with earnings after hours not so hot. So a lot of IPOs not doing so well, and this kind of goes back to what we always say about IPOs, but we're going to touch on this in a little bit more detail. Also, President Xi has a war chest, a war chest to counter or um, maybe not counter the trade war, but to stave off panic, right? Remember, China is a command control economy. They can kind of pull levers however they want because the people at the top have control 
unlike here in America where there's a lot of checks and balances and a lot makes it a lot more difficult to make changes and adjust. So we're going to talk about that. And then lastly, uh, what else do I have? I think that's it. But those are what's on my mind today. But ultimately, I want to hear from you. I want to know what is important to you. Those are the important things for me, considering the current market and economy that we're in. But your particular situation uh, may call for insight or knowledge about another area. Maybe that's about real estate or the bond market or municipal bonds or uh, in industrial companies, companies in China. I don't know. I don't. I can't read your mind. So you got to call in with with your questions. So let's talk a little bit about the market today. We had an up day overall, but it was definitely a fade. Now I've talked a, a little bit about the trading range. I think we're about to settle in on the S and P around the twenty eight hundred to twenty nine hundred level. It's actually a little lower than twenty nine, about twenty eight eighty. Uh, and the reason for this range is because that's, that 2800 level is, is a nice solid support. And on a chart, I'd show you that. But there's nice solid support there. And there's re nice resistance around the 2900 as well. And I think the market's going to try to resolve this trade war. Is it going to drag on? Or is there going to be a deal that will stave off any major disruption to the global economy. I'll talk a little bit more which way I think it's going to go, but I think that's kind of where we're in now. Uh, we saw the market rally into some resistance, and it has it came back kind of a later part of the day and still had a modest up day, but it wasn't a fantastic day, let's just say that. So, uh, you're kind of likely going to be settling in this trading range for the next, I'd say, couple weeks. Let's go to, let's go, actually, let's go to a caller. And let's grab a question from our 24-hour anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hi, I've been looking for a fund uh, to invest in long-term, hopefully for some security here in a volatile market. I found HNNA. I'd love to hear what you guys think about the fund, if it's something you feel is good, has good long-term growth or not. Look forward to hearing your answers on the next podcast. Thank you for all you guys do. Love all the information. All right. He's, he's actually a little bit mistaken. This is not a fund. This is Hennessy Advisors. They provide investment advisory services to open-ended mutual funds and the Hennessy Fund. So they have... Uh, they, they manage a bunch of open-ended mutual funds. That's what they do. That's, that's our fund family, the Hennessy Funds. And just like most mutual fund families, they probably have some good funds, they probably have some really bad funds, some kind of okay funds, all over the board, right? So that's typically what these companies are. Uh, that's what make up these companies. So when you're investing in, you're investing in the in the the parent company that runs these funds. You're not actually investing in the fund. Uh, maybe in a roundabout way you are, but this isn't a fund exactly. So they earn they yield about four and a half percent. So a nice solid dividend there. Let me look at the payout ratio. Yeah, only twenty three percent cash dividend pay ratio seventeen percent. So that dividend does look sustainable. 
it is very, very cheap. Enterprise value to EBITDA is three and a half. I like that. But it's in a downtrend. And the reason it's in a downtrend is because it's an actively managed fund in, in a world where indexes rule the roost. And I've warned about that. But that's the, the, the market that they're in. So if you think that will change, this is a good company. But I think their business will continue to deteriorate. But it is extremely cheap. I'll give you that, and that dividend is sustainable, um, but the price might continue to erode. They don't have any debt, um, so it is a deep, deep value play. And with most deep, deep, deep value plays, what has to happen is sentiment needs to to change, right? Sentiment needs to turn around. And a year ago, they were growing revenue about four percent. They were growing earnings about four percent. They were doing okay, but the last two quarters, revenue down twenty-five percent last quarter, earnings down thirty-six percent the quarter before that, or, or, or same quarter. So th they need to change that trajectory to at least back to being flat. Uh, and if they can get there, this stock could easily, easily rally. But it's all about that sentiment change that I think is necessary for this name to really, really turn around. But I like what you're looking at valuation-wise. It is absolutely a cheap name, but you're going to have to be patient with it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and Steve Peasley has confirmed the date for his return to San Jose. This is a very good news for our Northern California listeners. He he is taking appointments to meet with our listeners and clients on June 12th. He'll be conducting no-cost portfolio review consultations, and you can register for those at investtalk.com. I know he already has three or four uh, already filled up, so I think he only has a couple left. So I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve through investtalk.com, or you can call our Irvine, California offices as well. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and we are powering through the third week of May. So how is your portfolio doing? You want to need unbiased investing guidance, right? Justin Klein is here now taking your calls live. Step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 8899 chart, 8899242784278. Get your call in now, sooner rather than later. The hour does go by fast. Let's get, take a quick look at some market news. And there was some pretty good economic news that came out today. The Philly Fed Manufacturing Survey uh, rose, or index rose, to a four month high after a pretty strong dip in the month of March. Any reading above zero indicates improving conditions, and it came in at 16.6, which is nice. Uh, you also had unemployment claims falling more than expected last week, and that means that the job market looks to be sustaining itself. Initial claims for state unemployment benefits dropped to 212,000 for the week ending May 11th, so that was last week. And... We know the unemployment rate continues to stay pretty low at 3.6%. That's the lowest since 1969. So the economic news came in pretty good. Uh, if you look at the retail sales, though, if you look at retail sales, that will dipped a little bit. It's still growing uh, up about 2.7% year over year, down about a quarter point 
a quarter percent, excuse me, month over month. But Walmart came out and they're doing fine. Same source sales up 3.4%. And they topped their, their analyst expectations. So the stock rose, what did it rise? About, eh, about, about a percent and a half today. So that was a, a, a good day for Walmart and a good indication that consumers are continuing to spend. What else? Trump declared a national emergency over the threat against American technology. He's trying to uh, block uh, companies like Huawei uh, from doing business and imp potentially uh, implanting so spy software that is going to surveil United States citizens or companies, for example. So... This was done via an executive order authorized by the U.S. Department of Commerce, uh, or authorized the U.S. Department of Commerce to block transactions that involve information or communication technology that pose a risk to the United States. So that could be negative for a lot of Chinese companies and positive for a lot of domestic tech companies that obviously aren't going to fall under that umbrella. So likes of Cisco, for example, uh, is, is a name. And they actually, uh, they had earnings and those were very good as well. So those are the kind of the, the main uh, the, the main news or economic news that came out uh, today. Uh, earnings after hours. Baidu was down big. You had Applied Materials, which is a supplier of chip making equipment that actually did well but Nvidia which I've been kind of warning for a while they've they didn't do so well uh, their earnings came out and they were kind of a, a downer so kind of a mixed bag uh, on the earnings front uh, right now but what's good and I've talked about this before is that earnings were expected to fall about one to two percent in the first quarter year over year and that's likely to come in now at positive 1 to 2%. So we're not going to see a drop in earnings for the first quarter. Now, 450 of the 500, about 90% of S&P 500 companies have reported already. Now, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I want to thank you for making this program a part of your routine. And Steve and I do our best to make it interesting and instructive for you each and every weekday. And whenever you have an investment question, I really encourage you to explore our podcast library and also to listen, subscribe, and rate the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888 chart This is Invest Talk. The second quarter is well underway, and now more than ever, you want measured, accurate, and straightforward investing guidance, right? Of course you do, because it's what you'll need to achieve financial freedom. Justin Klein is here now, taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Eight eight ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Now on today's invest talk, my main talking point involves the market direction, the economic direction, and you obviously know there's a trade war going on. It's been going on for a little while now, and we are starting to see an escalation, just like any 
traditional fighting war, right? You you lob some bombs and you know you you test out the moxie of the the other side, and when you don't get what you want with the first pass, you go at it harder, and that's kind of what Trump has done here, right? He already has implemented some tariffs, and he's planning to implement more, frankly, has implemented more. Now, the economic numbers that have come out recently, meaning recently the last few days, doesn't include this escalation of trade war, right? But it can give you a strong indication of where the economy is today and likely headed. And a lot of people who are maybe more downbeat on the economy or the market might point to the trade war. But that's only one factor. Now, what are the other factors? Well, earnings, obviously. I just talked about how profits were expected to be negative, and now they are likely to be higher for the first quarter. Now, I still think there's a there's a, a chance that the there's a there's a earnings recession. But it's less likely now because the first quarter there seemed to be a good chance there was an earnings recession, going to be an earnings recession. And the second quarter, it's almost guaranteed there'll be a negative earnings growth figure behind that. Reason is because the second quarter of last year was the strongest, strongest growth in earnings. And that's where peak earnings were, the second quarter. And the third quarter is even pretty strong as well. So those two quarters are going to have the toughest comps for companies to beat, right? And when I say comps, I mean comparables. Is that, that's what I mean, right? So that's what growth or shrinkage is all about, is what are you comparing it against? And when you're looking at earnings growth, they're always comparing it year over year. So what happened in this quarter versus the same quarter a year ago? And so we're likely to see a drop in earnings in the second quarter, could be, you know, we're kind of still waiting to see for the third quarter. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the resolution of the trade war. So the positive is no earnings recession yet. And it looks like there's a decent chance that we'll avoid it for the full year, but I don't think we're quite out of the woods yet. Number two, unemployment still is very low, and the jobless claims numbers, like I said at the top of the show, remain low, meaning companies still want to hire. In most cases, the biggest difficulty is finding qualified people to hire. Okay, So that's number two, is that unemployment rate isn't going up. And that's good. Number three, money is still cheap. right? You had credit spreads, excuse me, blowing out a little bit in the fourth quarter, and that was an indication, the credit markets, that the economic trajectory was accelerating to the downside. And a lot of that has the back of a tighter monetary policy from the Fed. And clearly, that sell-off, along with maybe the calls that Secretary Mnuchin made on uh, Christmas Eve, changed the market's mind on where the Fed was going. And in fact, it was true. that They, they went from being hawkish to kind of in the middle of the road. Right, they're they're in pause mode, so that is given life back to the credit markets, and it's 
cheap to borrow money. And that's a positive for uh, the economy. Interest rates, once again, number four, we're still very low. Now, JP Morgan is making the case that, quote, we've never had a recession with real policy rates below 1.8, and that's where we are right now. And I would argue, yes, that's true, but we've never had this much debt in our economy. So that is why over the past 30 years, you know, you see the Fed lowering, lowering interest rates and, and, and that trigger point where interest rates get too high for the economy as a whole and start to cause problems, that gets lower and lower, right? Because the debt level continues to rise and that's true of this cycle as well. So I would definitely argue against that point. That's probably the one point of these four that JP Morgan is, is arguing that I would disagree with. Uh, because yes, rates are low, but debt levels are also record highs. So they're, they're thinking that there will be a pullback, but we'll reach new highs by the end of the year. Uh, and I think a lot has to do with the trade war. Uh, how long will it drag out? How deep of an impact will it have on our economy and on companies within our economy? Those, those will be the most important factors. And I think this trade war is likely to be dragged out probably through the end of the summer. I think there'll be a deal before Thanksgiving, shall we say, but after 4th of July. Okay. Now, tomorrow on Talk, how do you protect your money from this stock market wild volatility? One expert's opinion claims that there's a surprisingly easy and profitable trading strategy used during extraordinary stock market volatility, and that story is tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. Here's a reminder about the KPP Premium Newsletter, distributed to each subscriber's inbox every Friday. 
the newsletter provides a roundup summary of the week that was, offers a look ahead, and even puts forth some interesting stock ideas. And you can subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Justin? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Bobby in Atlanta. He's looking at ingredient, correct? That is correct. Okay. You, think you own it? You're looking to buy, to buy it? Buy? What? Buy it. Yeah, actually, uh, I actually do. Uh, we actually own this for some of our managed accounts. Uh, we like the long-term profitability metrics. Now, it's a little bit down in its luck. Uh, earnings uh, are down a little bit year-over-year. Year. Revenue down 3% year-over-year. Yields about 3%, but they have modest debt level, still strong cash flows, uh, and that, that nice 3% dividend. And so, you know, what we, th- we think is there's going to be a return to its long-term profitability um, uh, trajectory. And if that's the case, I think this this heads back to, you know, its all-time high, which is around 145 or so, and now it's at $84 a share. So I still like it, and uh, you get a nice dividend as you wait. What uh, w- Are you looking to buy it? Yes, I am looking to buy it, yep. Yep. Yeah, and it's actually near, if you look on a, a monthly chart, uh, it's near the, the 50% retrace from the 09 lows. So there's a lot of nice support right in this level around 84 and, or 83 and change uh, is kind of that long-term support. Perfect. Okay. Can I ask another question, quick? Sure. Go for it. Uh, precious metals like gold and silver, do you think it's a good time to buy? Um, I've, I've been watching it, but it's been going down lately, so I was planning to buy some, like GDX and GLD. Do you think it's the right time to buy? Yeah, um, I do think uh, you're going through what I would say is a consolidation. You had a nice move, uh, I'll just look at GLD here, um, from about 112 all the way to 127 or so uh, in the month of, uh, during the kind of the market I don't say crash, but the market uh, decline in the fourth quarter, you saw gold start to get a bid. And even though the overall stock market has rallied back to, to highs, uh, this is pulled back some, but not even close to where it was. It's still around the 121 level and the, and the GLD. So to me, this is a healthy uh, consolidation correction, you know, wedge pattern that's kind of happening now. Uh, and even though the dollar remains strong, it's still remaining buoyant. So I do think this pullback is a good little buying opportunity. If we can break above where we were back in, in February on on GLD, that to me says that long-term trend has absolutely changed, and we are now in a bull market for gold. Um, you know, we've been in a pattern here that's trying to fully reverse from its 2016 lows. Uh, so it's been kind of a three-year process, but I do think that will eventually break out. So I like it, Bobby. Let's go to Matt in Montana looking at AMT, which is uh, American Tower, correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. You own it? You looking to buy it? What is it? No, I'm not. I don't own it. I'm looking to buy it, but I think that it's uh, overvalued by quite a bit. I'm thinking that it should be valued closer to about seventy-five bucks. But we, uh, <clears throat> my family has land in Montana, and they have a a tower on our land, and we're currently in negotiations with them. But just kind of curious, um, 
for investing in, uh, in a couple different ways, but just wanted to kind of get your overall viewpoint of the company. Well, I definitely like the company. Uh, this is American Tower for everybody else. This is a REIT, a real estate investment trust, and not your typical one because they own cell towers used by wireless service providers. So basically, they go through the process with the cities to set these uh, towers up, and then uh, the likes of Verizon and AT&T and Sprint and T-Mobile, they will rent space on that tower for their equipment so that they can service their customers. So that's their business model and, 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 and that's why uh, it's, a, it's a good business, it's a solid business and it's growing because the demand for wireless services continue to grow. Now it, it's slowing a lot because you know we're getting kind of into a mature phase of the wireless industry. Uh, revenues up 4% last quarter, earnings up 5% uh, last quarter, which is a slowdown from you know a couple of years ago. We were at 15 and 20% on revenues and earnings growth. So uh, nice 1.6% yield, but like you said, it is definitely uh, overvalued. Enterprise value to EBITDA is about 24. I like to see that about half. I'll even go 15, which would be about 40% lower here. So yes, I agree. It is expensive. But it's a stable business, and you're not really going to see big problems uh, with that business. So it's kind of that safety and security. You're paying that premium. So I think 75 is a little low on the valuation side. Uh, this is at 202 now. I think this is a, a great value somewhere in the, the 120 to 140 range. That's where I would say, okay, this is a, a, you know, a reasonable valuation. What do you Make think sense, about Matt? the 5G, or I'm sorry, 5G rollout? Would that affect, I mean, that will obviously affect this company, but will it affect the cell phone carriers more than the than the cell tower providers, or do you know? Well, they're just I I I, I can't speak to uh, the intricacies of the contracts or anything like that, but I would imagine they should, they're they're just paying for space. Um, now I know it takes a lot more cell towers or spots to put equipment and sometimes are smaller than your traditional uh, equipment today but it takes a lot more towers to power a 5G so I think this would be beneficial overall for American Tower because they would have more demand for more spots so that their the equipment can be placed on them so I think long term this is actually a very good thing for American Tower but like you said Somewhere in the 120 to 140 range is somewhere where I would love to own it. It's a little too expensive for my taste right now. Let's go to Chris in Walnut Creek, looking at VHD, which is is that what you're looking at? What's your symbol you're looking at, Chris? It's uh, V as in Victory, H as in Henry, and T as in Tom. I'm actually trying to compare um, two ETFs, healthcare ETFs. The other one's XLV. And I've been trying to decide which one to get into. They pretty much hold almost the same, the top 10 holdings, but I can't. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to decide which one. I don't know. <laughs> well, XLV is about a 13, a 13 basis point expense ratio. Yields about, uh, let's see, 1.8%. Let me look at VHT. VHT. Now, why are you looking to add exposure to the healthcare space? I know they've been beating up lately because of the um, 
because the, uh, the campaign of the Democrats wanted to uh, health care for all, and another went down. I don't have health care in my portfolio, so I'm thinking about just adding a little bit here, maybe buy half the position that I want, maybe later on add some mm-hmm. more. But I just want to know what you think, okay. what's your opinion on that. Well, if I'm picking one or the other, I'm probably going to go with VHT, a little bit lower expense ratio, 0.10 versus 0.13. Uh, you know, I just don't I don't like the space overall. Um, it has been beaten up, but I think it's been beaten up for a reason. I've been saying this for a while. I, I think the politicians are coming for the insurance industry, the healthcare industry, both on the insurance side as well as the uh, prescription drug side. There's... Uh, They've been in bed with the politicians for a long time and built a system that really funnels a lot of government money to big pharma, to healthcare companies. And this isn't me trying to go on a political rant. It's basically saying that it's clear that an outsized portion of government's uh, structure and payments have have gone to this industry. And when you have populism on the rise globally and even here in America, you're going to get backlash in the areas where the most profits are being made. And healthcare is right near the top of that list. Uh, along with even, even uh, you're even seeing on the technology side where, you know, more regulation on, you know, the Googles and Facebooks of the world. So, this is a trend that is going to hurt those companies that have made outsized, outside prof, outsized profits. Excuse me. So I am not a fan of adding to the healthcare side right now. But if I'm going to add one of those two, I'm going to go with VHT. Thanks for the call, Chris. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and you've heard Steve and I say this many times. There are really only two emotions that drive the market, and that's fear and greed. So let me focus a little bit on the fear side. And the truth is that many investors experience fear when they are unsure of what type of risk they're taking and what type of risk they're exposed to, right? Because there's more than just one type of risk. Risk isn't just one thing. There's interest rate risk, there's market risk, there's company-specific risk, there's all types of, there's economic risk, there's all types of risks that you are exposed to in your portfolio. So you need to understand what those are and what an aggregate type of risk you are exposed to. So we help clients, listeners, by putting through a risk questionnaire, it's on our website, you'll see it there, it's free. Give you a risk number, 1 to 99, basically how, you know, it's like a speed limit. The fat, higher the number is, the more comfortable you are with the risk. And then we can look at your portfolio and say, okay, you're not taking enough risk, you're taking too much risk, or maybe you're, you're, you're hitting out of the park. And we do that all the time for clients and figure out what's best for you. And now we're taking your questions live. So give us a call at 888-99-CHART. A quick reminder, if there's a term that you hear mentioned on the program but you're unclear about what it means or you have a question about it, we want you to ask. It's very likely that you're not the only one with that same question. 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. So get through and ask your question on today's show. We have uh, 10, 12 minutes left. So if you're going to do it, you got to do it now. 
Now we are in the a very frothy time in our markets and nothing represents the frothiness of asset valuations and tech stocks in general as the current IPO market, which is extremely reminiscent of 1999. You have companies like an Uber, like a Lyft, like Pinterest, like WeWork that's coming soon. The, all these companies are coming to market with little or no profits at extreme valuations. And people are excited about them because they have names. They recognize the names. And they say, oh, I've used that before. I've used Lyft, right? I've gone to the Pinterest website. And as, as stated before, most IPOs are extremely overvalued, okay? And the reason is, is because insiders are selling. They're only going to sell their babies at high valuations. Now let's talk a little about how the IPO pricing works. Now, they approach an investment bank. The investment bank goes out and, and does a road show uh, to investors, typically institutional investors. You're thinking pension funds, hedge funds, uh, mutual funds, etc. Because they're not going to go and call every little, bro every little uh, account they have on the brokerage side. They want to place it big amounts in different areas. Now there's usually a limited number of shares that are sold to these institutions. And the underwriter, the investment bank, gets a percentage of the total amount that's raised. And they also often restrict the supply of shares for three to six months after the offering to help keep the price up. Either they hold it themselves or, and they restrict insiders from selling more shares to uh, keep a lid on that supply so that you know those that are trying to get in, there's a limited number of shares available. So that means the first three to six, maybe nine months of a company's trading is not governed typically by normal supply and demand. There are some rules in place and institutions that are restricted. And that's why often you see the markets rally initially, and then eventually as more supply comes on, insiders are able to sell, institutions are able to sell, comes back down to earth. Now, how do you make sure you don't buy into one of these overvalued ones? Well, first off, don't fall in love with the name, just like any other stock, right? Just because it's interesting, just because you use the service maybe, doesn't mean that that stock is going to be a good value. Now, you can value a company in a lot of different ways. If you're an Invest Talk Academy member, you'll see our lesson uh, on valuation. You can use discounted cash flow methods. You can use uh, multiple methods uh, of other companies within the industry. There's a lot of different methods that you can use. But if you're ever going to look at an IPO, you need to understand the process, and you need to understand why 
typically the best best time to buy an IPO is maybe a year or two after after it's kind of flopped, right? Because all the supply is out there in the marketplace, and that is now you know a year, two years down the line is actually pushing prices lower than they might have normally. So when the supply kind of stabilizes, that's when you get an idea of where that price should really trade. But initially, typically they're very overvalued. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart On the next Invest Talk, how to protect your money from the stock market's wild volatility. That story tomorrow. But now Justin is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. My name is Greg, and I'm calling from Yorba Linda, California. I'm a constant listener of your innovative program and would like your opinion on a stock I'm looking to invest in for the long term. The stock is Cisco Food Services. The symbol is SYY. They are a leading food service distributor with a $36 billion market cap, a PE ratio of over 24, and an earnings per share of 3.2. They also appear to be a dividend aristocrat with a consistent history of dividend increases. I look forward to your comments. Thank you again, and thank you for the information you provide. All right, great question. This is uh, Cisco Cisco Corporation. SYY is a symbol, so not Cisco, the tech company, but Cisco, the food company that distributes food and related products to the food service industry via 332 distribution centers. 2.1% dividend, decent amount of debt, trades at about 15 times EBITDA, which is a little expensive on my for my taste when revenues are only growing about 2%. So it's definitely a modest grower. Its profitability metrics make me excited about it long-term. And that's what he was asking about, long-term. What's the long-term potential? And the return on equity trailing 12 months is 66%. Return on assets, 8.5%. And rising return on invested capital, 14%. That's a very, very solid number. I like all those numbers, and I'm a fan. So I would definitely be looking at this uh, long term now. It has rallied from about $60 a share at its low to $74 a share and 64 cents at the close today. So it's a little overbought, just like kind of the overall market. So be aware of that. But if you're a long-term holder, a long-term investor, this is a good name, and on any pullbacks, I would be adding to Cisco. S-Y-Y is the symbol. So let's talk a little bit about China real quick. You know, we are in the midst of a trade war. I've talked about this before. And I also talked about how China has the wherewithal and the ability to withstand the short-term problems that the trade war is going to create. Now, central and local authorities in China have about $3.5 trillion unspent in their budgets this year. Okay, So they've only, they, they've only spent about a third of what they're, they plan to spend. So they still have a lot of room to implement more stimulus 
And that stimulus is likely going to come in transportation projects, environmental protection projects, etc. And this is why I think the trade war, we're going to lose the trade war. Now, they're going to come to some deal eventually because guess what? Trump is going to need to call it a win. And he's going to call it a win, and he might win some points. I'll say that. But China is a, is a system where they can go print money if they want. They can lend more money out to companies that are maybe hurt by the trade war, and therefore they won't lay off workers. They can throw money at the economy by building more roads and trains and bridges. Here in America, Trump can do some things to stimulate the economy, but can he control the Fed into lowering rates? He's gonna tr he's been trying to bully them too, but they haven't done it yet. So he doesn't have a lot of control there. Can he control Congress to go spend money on infrastructure projects? No. They, we have a split Congress right now. It's going to be hard for them to agree on anything. It would take months and months and months to come up with anything like that. And so I see a situation where this is going to drag on. And I think President Trump and his team will get some concessions that he will be able to point to as a win. But overall, I don't think it's going to change the trajectory of our trade agreement with them long term. Because China is focused on the long term. And they have the wherewithal to handle the short term pain. Where I don't think our administration has the ability or the wherewithal to handle that short term pain. I'm Justin Klein and that completes another Invest Talk program and I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Please come back tomorrow when Steve will share highlights from the KPP Premium newsletter. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.